What's up, guys? This is Harrison at Twitch underscore 35 on Twitter, and you are listening to a brand new episode of Lecture Hall presented by Student Union Sports. On today's show, we have four-star Wisconsin quarterback commit Deacon Hill. We have a nice conversation with him. We talk to Cam Newton signing a hypothetical college football conference realignment and introduce a brand new weekly segment. Before we get into the show, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our newest sponsor, Gibbs Grooming. Gibbs stands for Guys Into Beard Stuff. So if you're a guy and you're into beard stuff, you've got to get into Gibbs. They've got you covered in all areas. They have their man wash body soap to keep you smelling nice. They have the pucket deodorant stick to also keep you smelling fresh throughout your day. Your beard scratchy and itchy? Don't worry, they have five different beard oils to take care of you. They also, they have hair gel. I use the OG Baller Playable Hair Gel. Keeps your hair looking incredible all day long, no matter what the conditions are. If you want to get into Gibbs, just like we've gotten into Gibbs, go to gibbsgrooming.com, use promo code HALL, H-A-L-L-1-5, HALL15, to get 15% off your first order. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Everybody, it is your boys once again. Obviously, some fun stuff in the intro that will come later, but it's your boy Beastie Hops, aka Big Hoppa. Or, well, let's switch those around. I'm just that excited about this. It's jam packed. This is like we're we're on a roll right now. We had Tender Daddy last Tuesday talking tenders and cryptids. Legends Lingo, a bonus episode on Sunday. It was crazy town. Me talking about my, I'm, I'm not going to go there. We can cut this part out. Uh, <laughs> we got our boy Harry Sillings. We got Shooter on the other end of this one. Look at that big old smile. Twitch 35, underscore 35 on Twitter. I'm super pumped for this on bitch today because fun stuff and i think we're gonna get right to it and i think i will i will let you take the floor on this one because of most importance we have we had some very serious news early this morning you want yeah you wanna before elaborate? before we get to this uh serious news i just want to say that there is so much going on with this podcast that even hoppa got lost in the excitement i forgot to mention that we have four-star wisconsin quarterback commit for the class of 2021 deacon hill on the show tonight, we have my boy. We have an interview with him. Uh, uh, it'll get plugged in, plugged in on the end of the show for you guys to listen to. That was great conversation. Great guy. Can't wait to watch him lose in Ross Aid Stadium uh, once he becomes a starter at Wisconsin. Happen, <laughs> but Probably like seven and zero. Oh. But <laughs> but to the saddening <laughs> news this morning is Coach Gus Duggerton. Uh, announced via his Twitter that he had a heart attack and had 
to delay the coaching carousel that was supposed to happen tonight. Our thoughts and prayers are with Coach Duggerton and his family and all the potential schools that are reaching out to him, looking for him to take over uh, as their head coach. He is the back-to-back national champion uh, starting at Tennessee and then once again with the Toledo Rockets. I mean, we we just we can't pray for Coach, Coach Doug's enough. Uh, we hope a speed he gets a speedy recovery uh, after this heart attack. Yeah, you hate to see bad things happen to people. Uh, I mean, hence our practice truly open. She's already she's about halfway going. So yeah, pray thoughts and prayers up to him. I I regret laughing earlier. I disavow myself for laughing there. And uh, T's and P's, T's and P's, baby. This one's for you, Dougs. Get well, get well right. soon, Dougs. Yeah, get well soon, bud. All right, so let's start with some big NFL news. feel like we haven't talked NFL in a while. It's probably the biggest sports story of of the last week. Of I've definitely dominated the headlines over the last, whatever, 72 hours now or so. Since it was announced by Adam Schefter, the Cameron Newton, formerly of the Carolina Panthers, winner of a national championship at Auburn on my birthday of that year, will be signing or is signing a one-year incentive-laden deal with the New England Patriots, and Super Bowl is back on in New England. Yeah. Um... Is it just me, or do the Patriots sign some stud veteran, at least one every offseason, and everyone freaks out and says, oh, the Pats are a lock to win the Super Bowl, and then they cut that player within like three weeks, and then they win the Super Bowl without him? Uh, I don't have an exact track record. However, I would believe that you're, you're on somewhat of a right path, besides probably like Randy Moss. I would say that, that is probably accurate. And they People didn't even win a Super Bowl with Randy Moss, did they? They yeah. lost to Eli. That that was the undefeated year. Yeah. So. I don't I don't know if Randy got a Super Bowl. Has does Randy Moss have any Super Bowl rings? No, he played with Minnesota and then with uh, <laughs> Minnesota. With in the- Oakland. Oh no, is that TO or is that Randy Moss that played in Oakland? Jerry Rice. What am I thinking? Right. I don't, dude. Who else did? Who else did Randy Moss play for? Jordy Nelson. Uh, Jordy <laughs> Nelson. I, I'm, yeah, I'm just naming Oakland. All right, here. Let me pull it up since you're too. It's late. It's late for you. You've had a long day. You but you've had a long. Now, just, oh, oh no, you're right, Clint. That's fair. Okay. I was right. Yeah, you were right. It was Minnesota, then Oakland, then New England. Yeah. And then, and then back yeah, to Minnesota, it, it right? That was, so then it went into, so, so we got 98 to 2004 in Minnesota, 07-06 in Oakland, 7-8-9 in uh, New England. Holy fuck. Dude, this motherfucker. 2007, 2007 at 30 years old. Randy Moss had 98 catches for 1,493 yards and 23 motherfucking touchdowns at 30 years old. In 07? He's my – in 2007. 
when they lost. He was first team, first team All Pro at 30 years old. Fucking torched some motherfuckers. And then he got traded Jeez. to Minnesota again, didn't he? So yeah. So then he put so eight, oh eight and oh nine. He is in New England all three years, thousand yard seasons, twice leading the league in touchdowns. Uh, then 2010, Tennessee sits out 2011 because he had retired, come back, comes back in 2012 at the age of 35 to play for San Francisco, plays 16 games, 28 catches, almost 500 yards, and three touchdowns at 35. Sheesh. Well, just, just so you guys know, we did not plan to talk Randy Moss in this episode. Somehow Cam Newton just turned into Randy Moss. Yeah, it was supposed to supposed to be exactly like right on right on rant. Uh, sorry, you learn something new every episode. Yeah, you, you, we we set a plan and we don't follow it. I didn't realize he was on the San Francisco roster for the when they lost against Baltimore. No kidding. Yeah, I shit you not. He had two catches in that game for forty one yards. Randy Moss. I shit you not. Randy Moss is my goat because I, I really don't think, like, was Jerry he, Rice what is was great. he? Was he 36? 35. 35, 35 with two catches old. in the Super Bowl? Yeah, and 41 yards, along at 32. If you would have told me that Randy Moss had three Super Bowl rings, I would have believed it. Until I thought it through and was like, no, he doesn't have one. That's insane. The That's Patriots, like the one thing. That, did the Patriots only play in one Super Bowl in his time there? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Randy Moss is a fucking... Anyways, Cam Newton. He deserves the world. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. I think that Stidham still starts week one. As much gas as I gave Newton in the little intro there, um, I don't know. I I think there's going to be like a clear. It's true, is really making me burp here, um, but I think there's definitely going to be a little bit of a weird dynamic with him and Belichick at least to start. I mean, 31 years old, just turned 31, hasn't really played basically 16 games in the last two seasons so he's played possible games uh over the last two seasons um has to learn a new playbook really for the first time in his career um and he's got i mean he's got a you know two months to pretty much do it um obviously like come september october things can certainly look probably different but I mean, as far as looking to, for him to start week one, let alone what's going on around the world, that's, I don't know. Like, you know, he has a track record of not always reliable in the fact that he went from Florida to a junior college to Auburn. And now he, I mean, he's, he's about as consistent as you can get minus, you know, the injuries, um, you know, there there have been issues in the past, and he's had to learn a system, but hasn't had to do it in a long time. So we can only see. I don't know. I don't know how you feel. I mean, he is a former MVP, and honestly, yeah, like the injuries are a big concern. We don't really know 
like what his body's going to do. And the videos he posts of his workouts, he looks incredible. Like I don't think he could be Fantastic. I don't think he could be in any better shape. It's just a matter of when if if camps happen, if the season happens, it's just gonna be a matter of how well he can take a hit. Because I still think he has it. I think you're an idiot if you don't think that, that he has it and the dude can still play and that the dude can outplay Jared Stidham. I Stidham is essentially Tom Brady just drafted sooner. Uh, and I think that maybe part of this um, signing is Belichick saying, I can do it in a different way. Um, it sounded like uh, that Cam was like, or the Patriots were one of the only ones really like who were giving Cam a legitimate shot at being signed. Um, so you wonder a former MVP been to a Super Bowl. He has been there and he has done that. I mean, he didn't win it, but, um, you know, certainly has the experience, has played in big enough games versus Stidham, um, who obviously had a rookie year last year, who obviously played behind Tom Brady. But um, Stidham and Brady, similar in stature. Um, Stidham obviously is going to have the better arm versus a 40-year-old right now. Um, but I kind of believe in Stidham. I think he can do the things that Brady did. I mean, I feel, you know, how that offense works, if you're not in tune with it, then, I mean, it's it's pretty clear to see there's plenty of <laughs> there's plenty of videos out there mocking the Patriots, simple, simple offense, because they do have a lot of underrated playmakers. Um, so it'll be, it'll be just like, um, it'll, I think it's going to pretty much come down to how quickly can Cam learn and how quickly will he retain what he's learned. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it at this with Cam Newton on that roster. You can take Jared Stidham and make him Jared Stidham because he's going to be sitting his butt back down on the bench when Cam Newton's taking the first snap week one. Wow. How long did it take you to come up with that? Uh, it just kind of came to me about a minute ago, and I was just waiting for you to stop talking. Wow. That's impressive. That's, that was, I like that. <laughs> that wasn't um, much of a laugh there. Yeah, you know, sometimes I'm just not as impressed with you as I think I should be, but – what can I say? We've had a rocky relationship the last couple of days. Have you seen our Twitter? You know, <laughs> I've been going back and forth. So it's been it, kind of weird between us. <laughs> that being said, so we got Cam. Um, and. Yeah, staying with uh, NFL news, we're going to transition this yeah. to. Can you really call it NFL news if it's Madden? But. Uh, Madden just announced that in Madden 21, in career mode, they're going to give you a list of 10 NCAA universities that you can play two years with, with your career guy. And Shooter is very upset to see that he cannot play two seasons with ASU once he gets uh, thrown into Madden career mode after he finishes his uh, senior year, if he ever finishes yeah. his senior year. Relationship over the last couple of days, uh, we did, it looked like, agree on one thing, that the teams uh, who were picked kind of fucking blow. 
Um, and it doesn't have to do with necessarily a majority of them. It comes down to one. Uh, uh, it I'll comes down. Off. It comes down to really three for me. All right. Well, let me let me read them off, and, and we can go from there. So we got Florida. Makes sense. Clemson makes sense, obviously, with the recent success. LSU, or, but I mean, plenty of plenty of NFL there. Uh, USC, not South Carolina, Southern California, uh, Miami, Florida, Oklahoma, Texas, Michigan State, and Nebraska. I will let you take the floor. Yeah, so um, the glaring, the glaring elephant in the room here is Nebraska, which maybe if uh, you were around to watch football in the 1800s that you might have noticed uh, the powerhouse that Nebraska once was. But uh, I'm not sure. When was the last time Nebraska won more than six games? Uh, continue your rant, and I will verify that information. Yeah. Anyways, I'm pretty sure they had the Dominican It's probably Seuss the year still. they went to the Big Ten championship game. But. They went to the Big Ten championship game. See, that's how irrelevant they are. As a Big Ten guy, I didn't even know that. Yeah, when the Badgers beat them 70 to 24, I think it was. There we go. <laughs> Nebraska might be the most irrelevant. Actually, Nebraska is kind of like Texas now, except Texas still has talent and has a way higher ceiling than Nebraska ever will. The worst oh, thing wow. the worst thing Nebraska could have done for themselves is move to the Big 10. Because I think it just showed how weak the Big 12 overall is as a football conference when uh, it's been how many years and they still haven't been able to adapt to the physicality of the Big 10. Like Nebraska, like the Big 12 football is on is a joke because Nebraska was a powerhouse in that conference. And since they've gotten to the Big 10, like Hoppe said, they went to a Big 10 championship game and they got beat by 50. They got what was it you got a 50 burger a 70 lobster what's what or what's 70 70 i don't know yeah that's like a double cheeseburger with bacon or something <laughs> that's not a very did it, did it doesn't roll not off to the tongue interrupt your not to you but my my video just stopped working for you because i like totally like went out and came back in no you didn't Back to the rant. Nebraska sucks. And I'm sure all of this comes down to which colleges and universities, whatever, would give them the, the rights to their name and likeness and whatnot. But there's, what, 140-some-odd Division One football schools, and you land on Nebraska? Come on, Madden. Be better than that. If you're going solely for Big Ten representation – um Penn State has a better case. Michigan has Michigan has a way better case. I even forgot them in my tweet. Wisconsin has a better case. <laughs> Ohio State, the best 10 in the Big 10 for probably the last decade has a better case. Iowa has a better case. Um Minnesota has a better case. Um Dare I say Purdue has a better case than Nebraska? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you dare. You dare say it. 
I'd even go as far to say friggin' oh. Northwestern has a better case than Nebraska. <laughs> Rutgers is crossing a line, so we'll leave them out of it. But... Oh, come on. <laughs> and then, uh, my, but... hold on, my other two gripes here. Miami, again, same as Nebraska. Oh. Who cares? What? The U is dead. And then Michigan State. I get, I get why they're there. But if you're looking for Big Ten representation, like I said, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan for historical reasons, I guess, even though Michigan State's the better last decade. So I think Michigan State deserves the spot over Michigan. And then Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin over MSU, Ohio there State was a t- Penn State over MSU. Yeah. I don't have any complaints about the rest of these teams. Obviously, I get that it comes down to likeness and stuff. That's why Alabama's not here. That's why Notre Dame's not here. That's I, I can't say that for a fact. That's I'm assuming that's probably why Auburn's not here. Yeah, um, yeah, you definitely big ones clearly um, as well. Uh, so to your point, Nebraska has not won more than five games over the last three seasons. So five and seven, four and eight, four and eight, dating back to 2017. Um, From like 2010 um, up to 2016 or so, they were mostly as a nine-win team in the Big Ten. And then you did have um, when they got absolutely drowned out by the Badgers um, in the Big Ten. And so – um. Yeah, not the definitely not the epitome uh, of what you think of when as it relates to uh, powerhouses, at least recently. So, and and the other thing with this too is you're not the Madden demographic. Certainly isn't the forty to, <laughs> Yeah, it's not the forty to fifty year olds who remember how great Tom Osborne was and those Nebraska teams. You know. They're not, they're not hopping on their PS4 anytime really soon. There's a couple of them out there. There is a I'll couple. I'll give them that. But there's certainly a couple where you're going to be making a lot of your money. People want to play with the, the, you know, all the great LSU, Odell, Jarvis. People want to play with um, all the good young rookies. That's why people get them every year, the game every year. Um that being said, I understand your gripe with uh, the U and the, their success also not being as relevant, excuse me, over the last 10 years or so. But I mean, the U is the U. I mean, the 2000s were still, they were still. But yeah, whether, whether likeness had, to, had something to do with it or not, or playing into the bigger markets like Texas, like Florida, that kind of stuff, which you meant, I imagine that Notre Dame and Alabama certainly have a bigger market, especially more than Nebraska, but that's probably where the likeness plays in. Um, just a crazy, just weird, like, grouping of teams. Um, but I'll definitely be playing as Texas, seeing as I lived in Austin for a year. Um, so once I get 21, that's who your boy will be. Maybe I'll even stream it on the student union. Which yeah, if I, uh, I might get, I might get. If I ever get my Xbox fixed, I might pick up Madden 21, or maybe yeah, been- if I can stop spending money on golf equipment, I buy a PS4. Actually, I wouldn't do that. I would wait until the PS5 comes out. 
I feel like I have to get on the PlayStation train now just so I can prove to you and Anthony and everyone else on the site that I would wax all of you in Madden. I'm I'm not trying to to keep our relationship, but uh, Shooter Shooter wasn't the best player in the country. That's for sure. Dude, let me tell you, Madden's career. That's all I'm going to say. Madden 20 online. I I went on it on precedented run in online play before my xbox died i start in all fairness when i first got the game i started out 0 and 10 online and then i started to figure it out and i rattled off 15 straight and then my xbox died so uh i ended on that note and i don't know if i'll ever get to resume it i paid 60 dollars to play 25 games of madden all right we're done with Madden talk, but we're gonna stay in the NCAA. Uh, Pat Ford, yeah. So, of who does Pat Ford? Sports Illustrated came out with his plan for conference realignment. There is one, two, three. There's ten conferences, and honestly, good comment. This could be the best thing that ever happened to college sports because this is the biggest redistribution of wealth you could have in a conference realignment like there is no power five like it's every every conference has multiple college football playoff caliber teams in it if if they don't have two they have three some even have four like if you look at the deep south conference it's pretty much all Florida and Georgia schools. You have UCF, FAU, FIU, Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Georgia Tech, Miami, uh, Florida Southern, or whoever the heck that is. Yeah, USF, and then uh, University U- of South Florida. Yeah, and then UAB, like FSU, uh, Georgia, Florida, UCF, could all be. Uh, national championship caliber teams at some point you look at the great mid-east you have michigan michigan state and ohio state along with a bunch of former mac schools and then cincinnati and then purdue once jeff brom gets uh things rolling and then iu who has had a honestly probably the most hope that their program has ever had in the last couple seasons some of these conferences i look at them and i'm like I just I need this and make it's too good for the sport and then you can have a a very extended college football playoff because you're going to get a lot of good teams in it from a lot of different conferences yeah so the the interesting thing here is so it's 10 10 conferences of 12 so that gives us 120 teams so you would see some cutting at the FBS we've cut about eight teams um, that aren't listed on here and would actually add in North Dakota state into Wisconsin's conference, which would be the great Midwest, which ultimately would be great winning every year as a Badger fan. It would be about, it's, it's arguably the easiest conference probably for one team in of all of them. And I would, I would, say that's definitely the case uh, besides maybe penn state and the you looked at the mid-american notre dame is rolling that conference. 
I would, uh, I would, I would give a little bit more credit to Kentucky and West Virginia than you might be might be leading on, but but that's that might be a discussion for another time. Well, the Mid Atlantic Clemson still gets cake in the Mid Atlantic. They're they're gonna struggle with App State, my boys at App State. Okay, that's for sure. Okay. Yeah, they will. I'll fucking fight to the death. I will die on the App State Hill. I will die in Boone, North Carolina, if I fucking have to with you, bud. In the Yankee Conference, All right. um, Penn yeah, State's getting upset by Navy, Pitt, and Syracuse. One of those three teams every year. And then probably throw in, like, Boston College every other year, feels like. No. <laughs> Army. Yeah. I didn't see Army in there. Yeah. But anyways, Wisconsin with Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Iowa, Iowa State, Kansas State, Kansas, Minnesota, Mizzou, Nebraska, State who gets added in here who that might be kind of scary. I'll be I'll be honest. And then Western Michigan fucking steamroll that conference every year. So that'd be pretty great. So it would probably it would probably continue the same trend of the Badgers where our schedule isn't tough enough to get us in even when we do win all our fucking games anyways and then lose Ohio State in the championship game. Probably win win the championship game in this conference. And then people will be like, Oh, you guys didn't win enough hard games because your non conference schedule well, wasn't good. Well, if if we were to move to like this conference system, I would say that the college football playoff moves to an automatic bid for each conference winner and then throw like two at-large bids in there for two two teams that didn't win the conference but were good enough That'd be to – That would be an ugly-ass bracket. It would be you probably, sick. No. And then you just they, yeah, cut down on the whole no, they probably what they'd probably do is they'd move to sixteen. Yeah, like you said, each winner gets a bowl game, or each winner of the conference gets an auto bid, and then four, four of the best teams remaining probably, or you know, of however they want to determine that, probably by committee. Yeah, and then you cut down the number of actual bowl games, increase uh, what it takes to get into a bowl game, bowl game, so we stop celebrating mediocrity at six and six and treating that at what the mark is for some of our teams need to get to. Don't you Move. dare start fucking another Duke mayonnaise bowl. Okay. Those bulls great and hurt my pocket because I bet on them and I lose all the time. Shut up. You shut up. No, we move, we move bowl games from six and six to like eight and four significantly cut down the number of them or even like seven and five get over 500. Holy cow. Shut up, Purdue fan. Yeah, I'm a Purdue fan. I benefit from six and six the most, and I still want the bar set higher. <laughs> it's because you think Rondale Moore will be there for life ever. No, he'll be there this year. He's going to win the Heisman. He's going to lead us to the promised land, the Big Ten West title. We're going to uh, upset Ohio State in the Big Ten championship because it's going to be an Indy. It's going to be home home field advantage. We saw what happened last time they played Purdue in Indiana. They got steamrolled. I was there. I stormed the field. And then we're gonna, we're not gonna get into the college football playoff because that's how it's gonna work. Because we're gonna be like seven and five, because uh, that's how the Big Ten West works. And then we're gonna go on to play like freaking LSU, who's gonna be ranked like fifteenth in some high end bowl game, and we're gonna get beat by forty. 
and then he's going to go to the league. He's going to become the best wide receiver in NFL history. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> You're such a fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he, I'm going to apologize to everybody for Harrison. He's tired. He's getting delusional, so we should probably wrap it up. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But that was just a psychopath of a statement right there. That was not. Obviously, Wisconsin is probably the favorite to win the Big Ten West. But if you're betting on anyone other than Wisconsin, I would be throwing my money on Jeff Brom and the Boilermakers this year, assuming we get a season. This offense is going to be absolutely filthy. Yeah, with all five of your quarterbacks that are rostered right now. Dude, I don't care. We're going to figure out which one's the best. We There's so much talent <laughs> at that quarterback position, and then we have the two best wide receivers in the Big Ten. You can't even argue that one. David Bell and Rondell Moore. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Rondell Moore is undeniably the best receiver in the Big Ten, and David Bell had, yes, it's undeniable. And then David Bell had the best freshman wide re- – or the best freshman – he, David Bell was the best freshman wide receiver last year, and he almost he almost mimicked Rondell's freshman year. That's the deadliest wide receiver duo in the Big Ten, and you can't argue it. There is not a better duo than that. If I had more time to research this argument prior, I could probably drown you. In Purdue, has but... more, Purdue has more threat at wide receiver than any other team in the conference. They're, no way! Yes, Purdue is deeper at wide receiver than any team in the conference. I would. Bet, I will die on that hill. I, I would bet whatever Ohio State has. Whoever well, is there. Ohio better. State is only that good because of quarterback play. If you put Fields in Brahms offense, Purdue would go undefeated and win the Natty, and they would probably never trail at any point in the season. That's just not true. That is 100% true. The defense fucking sucks. You don't need a defense when you score 80 points a game. That's how good that offense is. Scoring 94, then you're fucked. Well, they're not going to give up 94. The most points I've ever seen them give up was against Auburn and then the shootout loss to Mizzou in 2019. No, 2018. How many points? I think it was like 50-some to Mizzou, and then it was like 70 to Auburn. Just last year? That was in 2018. Oh, geez. I, oh, yeah, this defense is a lot better. Yeah, you got to It's good two one years. On. That's a two-year difference. They still gave up 50-something to Mizzou last year. No, two years ago. You said 2019 for Mizzou. No, you 2018. Said, they were both 2018. It was the same year we beat Ohio State. And the year before that, they steamrolled Mizzou in Missouri. What a sad life Purdue fans lead. Okay, just wait until we're freaking rubbing Wisconsin up and down the up and down the the field this year when we're waxing you in Ross Aid. When Nakia Watson runs over whoever the fuck small white kids you I probably you probably want to cut that. Runs over whatever <laughs> When Nikia Watson runs all 
over, right over whoever you have at linebacker, you're going to be wishing you wouldn't have made that statement. This is going to be put on the internet for everybody to pick up later. So I want oh, you yeah. to be careful. I think. Oh, yeah. Purdue is the best pick for your money to win the Big Ten West this year. They're this year's Minnesota. They're last year's North or two years ago, Northwestern. This team is going to be filthy on the offensive side of the ball. All right. Enough of that. Speaking of filthy, that's probably a terrible segue. But. <laughs> All this episode is me ranting. So that was that was the most um, unsensitive segue yeah. imaginable for this. But we're introducing a new weekly segment. This is Lecture Hall. So we're going to give you... We will, we will. That's our new segment sound. We're going to... I'll cut that in. We'll, you'll, uh, you'll, when you... No, when you when you edit this, you have to put in uh, Patrick. Wee woo, wee woo, wee woo. All right. Okay. So yes, new segment, the lecture of the week, since this is lecture hall, and basically the segment is going to be one of us either educating you lecture style on a topic, or it's just going to be one of us ranting about something. And uh, I guess I'm going to take the the inaugural lecture of the week. Inaugural. Wow, that Purdue education. Oh, that Roosevelt education. Yep. That's what the NI gets you. <laughs> Anyways, uh wanted to, wanted to take this lecture of the week to talk about the documentary on Netflix, Athlete A, the documentary about high level uh gymnastics in the United States, mostly around uh centered around girls who are training to become uh, Olympic team members and then actual Olympic members and even some girls who are just like recreational gymnasts growing up. It basically highlighted the physical, mental, and sexual abuse these athletes go through in their training, their recovery, uh, their treatment. It was honestly kind of horrifying to watch uh, just being a sports fan and knowing that like gymnastics is one of every American's favorite sports to watch in the Olympics, just because our gymnastics team is just so good every year seeing basically just how, like what happens in this training. Like if you're, have you have any sense of intelligence in your brain, you realize that gymnastics is probably the hardest possible sport anyone could ever play. And then you add the physical abuse. Uh, I, I believe the the head trainers or the head coaches for U.S. gymnastics were Bella and Marta Caroli, and they came over from Romania uh, when the Soviets and all of their um, affiliated countries is that the right way to say it? All the countries they took over, um, and then obviously like. <laughs> I mean, you know all the stereotypes of Russian and German women and whatnot from back in the 60s and how they were basically dominating the Olympic scene in women's sports. And they they talk about, they had this Romanian on the documentary who worked with that Romanian team, and he talked about uh, just kind of like 
how torturous practice was for those squads and how uh, they had to play, they had to perform through gruesome injuries. So they were just told like, no, you're not, you're not injured. Go out. They had to weigh in every day and uh, listen to Bella and Marta call them fat pigs and all kinds of like demeaning names, basically to say that they were too fat to make weight. And then they talked to U.S. Olympic gymnasts who watched all these stud Romanians and Russians and whatnot perform. And they're like, yeah, they were incredible when they competed, but whenever you saw them, they never once smiled. And then for whatever reason, the U.S. let these two, the Corollis, take over the U.S. system. And they're like, yeah, this works. This is what we're doing it. And the U.S. saw success in gymnastics for the first time. And U.S. gymnastics basically turned into an organization built to hide child abuse. And it started with the Corollis and their training system. And then obviously Larry Nasser. I'm not even going to explain who he is because if you pay attention to news at all, you understand what was going on with him. That led Especially because that. he doesn't he, – he certainly doesn't deserve any sort of – any sort of like – recognition yeah an absolutely disgusting human being but i mean the corollis enabled him the corollis had their training camp in i don't know texas i think and like they were so mean to the girls that it allowed him to come in and play the nice guy make them laugh they said that the girl said that he was so nice to him he was always funny he would sneak them food and gatorade and candy and stuff and then obviously it enabled him to do what he did because he was the trustworthy guy in that situation. And uh, the whole U S gymnastics system was built around protecting what was working. And there was a, I can't remember her name. I know her first name's Maggie. She's like the number one gymnast for the university of Oklahoma, or she was, I'm pretty sure she graduated, but in 2015 when they were training for the 2016 Olympics, she was number two in the all and the all around uh, behind Simone Biles. And, and uh, after she reported Nasser for what he was doing, uh, Brad Penny, the president of USA Gymnastics, basically called Maggie's mom. I was like, you can't talk to any authorities about this because we're handling it and we'll ruin the investigation. And he was just trying to keep her quiet because he wasn't reporting it. And then uh, because of that, they kept Maggie off the Olympic team, even though they didn't even put her on as an alternate, even though she was better uh, than the two alternates they picked and then you could argue she was better than at least half of the girls that actually made the team and obviously they were still good they all they won gold but it just shows that level of corruption they didn't report it to anyone and they had they said in the documentary that uh, Brad Penny the president of USA Gymnastics had a whole drawer of uh of claims by uh of nasser like claims that just went ignored because the only way they reported them is if it was directly made by a parent or a child that was their protocol and then when he was called to testify he pleaded the fifth which he was well within his rights to do but like what does that tell you about what was going on it was a disgusting disgusting documentary but it was really it was a really good documentary and but it and the topic was disgusting I would highly recommend watching it because it just shows the kind of corruption that goes on in sports that as fans, we don't see what's going on behind the scenes all the time. Like you hear about people saying how corrupt the NCAA is 
Um, you hear people talk about how corrupt Goodell is. You see what's going on with the MLB players and the owners. And then you look at this and you see what was going on with gymnastics. And you're like, holy cow. Like how were, how were we as a society and us as the country that we are enabling that? And it makes you think like what's going on in other sports that we're hiding up, hiding. Like, I mean, Penn State, obviously what happened yeah. there, like – if that happened, no, I was there, looking up. I was looking up that timeline. That's happening in uh, USA Gymnastics. I don't think this even came out until like 28, 2018. I think I was a freshman, senior in high school, freshman in college when I think I was a freshman in college when like the trials and that was actually going on. Like that was going on as recently as twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Like is this happening in other sports and we just don't know because people are protecting instead of because they want to make money instead of worrying about human rights and protecting essentially children because I don't care if you're 24 year old in college if you're still in if you're still in college playing college sports you're pretty much a child until you until you graduate yeah yeah it's terrifying it's like um obviously my my daughter makes her appearances on our show quite regularly and it's like um i did not get a chance to watch the full thing but it was just like i don't know i obviously want her to be an athlete i love sports it's like i don't know if i want her to do gymnastics that's terrifying you know what you know i don't want to have to worry about who i'm trusting um especially when it's you know i'm I would like to be her softball coach because I'm such a baseball person when she plays softball or baseball, t-ball, whatever. Um, but, you know, what happens if she loves soccer and I'm not there? What happens if she loves gymnastics and I'm not there? What happens if she loves volleyball and I'm not there? Um, it's something that even now, as she only turned seven months old, that's absolutely terrifying to think about. And so um, – part of the reason why I didn't get through the whole thing is just because of how, like you mentioned, just discuss discussing the topic is, but how important it is to recognize these situations when they happen to be like, this is not okay. Um, and especially in a world uh, right now where, where there's, there's many things that we can shed a light on that, are, that as in behaviors, um, remarks, that kind of thing. Like that, like there's a lot that, that not only us as individuals, but people in, in any scenario, any given day can certainly benefit from stopping and thinking about um, a lot more. Um, so yeah, part of the reason I didn't finish it was just because it was just, it, it was terrifying, truthfully. And I'm a, I'm a young, young male who's relatively privileged in his life um, with the experiences in, the, in, in athletics that I've had and that kind of stuff and doing and doing the show and all that kind of stuff. So I can't even imagine what it's like for, for an athlete who's grinding to get to the biggest stage possible and, and is being taken advantage of not only in their performance um, uh, as a whole and that kind of stuff being profited off of and, and not getting the same um, recognition in that regard, but then the mental, the physical, all that, uh, the emotional abuse is just insane. So um, yeah, it, it, it's great so far. I do plan on finishing it, but it was, it, 
it set, it shed some light, and I think it's a it's a good thing for for people to watch, um, especially if you have younger children to kind of just like, hey, like, holy crap, like, <laughs> you don't know who who it's gonna be. Yeah. You know? Whew. That was that was pretty pretty yeah. heavy right yeah. there. Pretty heavy topic. I can we can promise you that not every weekly lecture is going to be as deep and heavy as that one but with the documentary being so relevant and this case and these reports being so so recent just being in the last couple years uh it seemed like it was a great opportunity to to talk about that some and make it our inaugural lecture of the week We'll see which one of us takes on next week's. So hopefully it's not me because I feel like I've been on enough rants and lectures this episode. <laughs> hopefully I can hand the, hand the mic over to Hoppa next week and uh, I can save my voice a little bit. Uh, any, There's any... a good chance. There's a good chance I got something to complain about or something. Maybe something I want to educate you folks on. You know, I got a lot. We Obviously we found out last week how I feel about cryptids and that kind of stuff. Who <laughs> Who knows? This this brain. I'm a wild card. People say people are talking wild card. So um, who knows? Who knows what might come out of this mouth? But you can be be sure to catch something crazy here on Lecture Hall, brought to you by Student Union Sports. Um, I think that's gonna do it for the show. Uh, any uh, any final thoughts before we hand this over to uh, Deacon Hill? Uh, no, I just want to say that I think, uh, I'll preface, I'll preface the interview. Uh, Deacon is an absolute great kid. Um, and I can say that because he's going into a senior year of high school. Uh, when you listen to this, uh, this summer, he's grinding, uh, putting out, um, some serious workout videos. He is going to be in Wisconsin fans. You can believe me when I say this, and I think you'll hear from him in our interview. Great kid. We have some funny moments about water and polo, that kind of stuff. But he's the epitome of what you want or what you think of of that model kid uh, that comes onto the Wisconsin campus. Smart, you know, athletic, um, is ready to to have that blue collar attitude. He's a great kid. Uh, a lot of fun. We spent like almost an hour with him. So I think we spent like thirty minutes with him. Was that? I thought it was closer to like forty five an hour. I don't know. We'll find out when I edit this. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Well, the, guess, guess we'll find out, to echo what Hoppe was saying, when we started talking to him, I totally forgot that the dude's like 17 or 18 years old. He, I thought he was like 26, and I was interviewing an NFL guy. He was that mature. So, Wisconsin Badger fans, you've got a good one in Deacon Hill. And with all that being said, I think that wraps up the uh, the main show for lecture hall this week uh enjoy the deacon hill interview and we will see you guys next tuesday so you hold on here harrison before we get to my guy deacon i have a question for you my friend all right does that big old beard of yours ever feel just real itchy and scratchy you know, now that you mention it, yeah, pretty much every day. Pretty much every day? Oh, my God, dude. All right. Oh, obviously, you guys heard it at the beginning of the show, but I think my guy Harrison needs some Gibbs grooming beard oil. They got four different kinds. 
They got the Bushmaster, the Alpha Male, the Voodoo Prince. That's the one I got from my guy Harrison. Gonna help repair those hairs a little bit. We give him a nice little, little soft, smelly smell. Nice little sweet, smelly smell on that beard form. It's gonna make it nice and soft. When my daughter was born, her shirt, Daddy's little beard puller. When she was born, we knew uh, Grace and I both have terribly sensitive skin. Uh, we knew that she was going to have a tough time for when Daddy didn't have a beard and wasn't using Gibbs, the Bushmaster beard oil. So I shaved up. I noticed. I was giving her kisses all over her cute little face. You know, she's getting red spots. And I said, I can't do it. I gotta keep using the gotta keep using the Gibbs. That that stands for guys into beard stuff. So if you're into beard stuff, you gotta get into Gibbs. Anyways, kiss. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Just listen to her. All right, she'll tell you. She knows. All right. Kept using my Gibbs, even even with the clean shave lately. No no red skin. She's been absolutely a, a sweetheart. And what can I say about more about Gibbs? Other than I've been using this stuff for years already. This is a true story. I'm not being paid to say this. That's a fact. It's just a fact that I've been using Gibbs for years now, the Bushmaster beard oil. I love that. Also, they got, you know, just in case, you know, you're thinking, ah, you know, my body wash. Yeah. In case you kind of smell. She thinks you guys kind of smell sometimes. You can hardly breathe over here, this little one can Try the man wash, all right? This is a three-way kind of, uh, you know, you know. I didn't want to get too inappropriate with the young ears here. Three-way for your shower, man, all right? We, we got conditioner, body wash, and beard wash, all right? So it's going to get help everything. Make sure you're lathered up, moisturized, et cetera, all right? We're going, we just got out of our lecture segment, man. I'm giving you a lecture for Gibbs. Harrison, I want you, all right, I want you to tell the people about Gibbs and what, what they're going to do for, for the people who listen to the show. Yeah, I just got my Gibbs beard oil yesterday. And today I already can tell the difference. No more itchiness, no more scratchy. God, I knew it. One one day with the body wash and it already beats the the top the top name brands that I was already that I was using before, and guess what? I even got got some hair gel from them. My hair looked incredible today. I've got the hat on now because it's late and it's my show staple. But oh man, I'll tell you what. Yeah, baby Hoppa knows it too. My hair incredible today. We need I, you I guess- guys to go to gibbsgrooming.com, use promo code HALL15 to get 15% off your next order from Gibbs Grooming. I'll say that one more time, gibbsgrooming.com, promo code HALL, H-A-L-L, 15, 1-5. If you are a guy who's into beard stuff, don't just take it from me, take it from Baby Hoppa, go get you some Gibbs. It is Deacon Hill, uh, current four-star Wisconsin Badger commit. He's got the sweatshirt on. I also have mine on. I'm excited. Deacon, how are you doing, man? I'm good. Thank you for having me on here. Appreciate it. Thank you. 
Thank you for coming on, of course. Uh, so, okay, first thing, okay, first thing I gotta say is, what's it like going from three stars to four? Like, especially so many different recruiting outlets that, that rate kids nowadays. Um, going from three to four, I mean, like, I guess, like, recruiting-wise, it helps you out. Uh, but being committed, you know, I guess it helps the overall, like, uh, rankings of our recruiting class. But to me, it really just means, like, they're recognizing all the hard work or whatever you're putting in. But, I mean, stars aren't a huge factor for me because, you know, I just got to still prove. I mean, I haven't made it to college yet, so I got to prove what I got to do. Oh, my gosh. That was the exact answer I needed. Being, being a Wisconsin resident, I love the blue collar. Nose to the grindstone guy. Oh, man. I'm so excited for you to get on campus. This is going to be so good. <laughs> I feel like a child right now. But, uh, no, so, pretty crazy. I mean, like, are you searching for that fifth star? I mean, obviously, you just said that it doesn't matter to you. But, I mean, is that something that you want as a feather in your cap? Um, if it comes, that'll be cool. But if not, I'm not going to be too down about it or worried about it. If it comes, that's great. But if it doesn't, it's not going to bug me. Gotcha. I love that. Oh, man. This guy is so knows the grindstone. This is – you embody Wisconsin football already. Harrison, put your hands over your face. Cover that Purdue hat you got on. He's, he's got it backwards so he doesn't hurt our feelings. <laughs> I can't hurt your guys' feelings. Have you seen the recent scores between Purdue and Wisconsin football? Oh, yeah. I've made, I watch very closely. Um, but so Deacon, you're what? You're six four, tall guy. You're a heck of an athlete. I heard. I heard a little birdie told me water polo is in your background. Can you can you explain or expand on that a little? Uh water polo is my first ever sport. I played that. My first game I played when I was four. I was playing in the ten and under division with my sis, older sister. My parents just kind of threw me in with the team, but I bet I learned how to swim when I was younger than four, and then I started playing water polo when I was four. Um, and then I kind of grew up playing. That was my first. I didn't pick up football until fourth or fifth grade, and then sophomore year, I really decided that football is what I wanted to do instead of water polo. So okay, wait. So did you have like water polo offers like before football offers? So water polo recruiting and football recruiting are a lot different. They can't start talking to you until after your junior year. But uh, since all my sisters went to UCLA and my sister, I have a sister currently there playing water polo and the head coach for the girls is also the head coach for the boys. And when he was recruiting my sister to play there, he told me he'd come back in two years to get me, but I ended up stopping water polo to play football. Dude, that's absolute crazy town. Is that like okay? So like, is that like a Cali thing? Cause like you're from Santa it, Barbara. Yeah, it's for sure a California sport. California is where the best water polo is. Is there it's anything? Oh, go ahead. Is there anything like from playing water polo that you found yourself using as a football player? Like, does any of it translate? The throw using your hips and to throw the football and water polo that was the biggest thing because using being able to move my hips in the pool made them stronger when I didn't have that resistance on the field so that is the reason why I could throw the ball so far but I had to translate 
a lot of the throwing motions are different. So that was the really the main thing I had to change from football to water polo. There's going to be some Pop Warner kid that listens to this and starts playing water polo just to build up his hip strength. <laughs> <laughs> there's some there's some dad out there who just wants his son to get in the pool. How deep? At four, four years old, how deep is water polo? Are you just like – like, uh, It just depends on the pool. If we're playing in like some high school pools, they'll be like – depending if they have diving boards or not, like 12 feet to 8 feet. And you're and then, four years old in an eight-foot yeah. pool? <laughs> you didn't drown? <laughs> what? Dude, I didn't learn to swim until I was, like, nine because in Wisconsin you have, like, three months where it's, like, before it turns to ice and between <laughs> ice and the ice melts. This is insane. Dude, I didn't even finish swimming lessons. <laughs> Your parents are just dunking you in the pool until, like, Two times your height, probably. I was, like, like born in the water. I mean, that was my – I thought I was going to play water polo in college instead of football, but. That's crazy town, dude. Does Wisconsin have a water polo team? I don't think so. One of my coaches knows the swim coach at Wisconsin, though. Somehow. Just graduated the best female swimmer in the country. Mm -hmm. Amateur female swimmer in the country. Beta Nelson. She's, is, she's from not too far away. Went to a couple towns. What away. is it, Wisconsin, and just having crazy athletes everywhere? It pisses me Our off, track. honestly. Football, track, basketball, cross country, volleyball, all of it, man. Our softball team just went, well, before they got cut short, they were looking good. All right. I've got to ask you, how do you go from playing only in three games what your sophomore season to being able mm-hmm. to commit to arguably arguably the best team in the Big Ten. Most people would probably say they're the second best between Ohio State. Like how how do you do that? Um I mean for other people it looks like, you know, that I just played those three games and then I kind of just had a good camp circuit. And that's what they see when they like, oh like that's how we got his offer and stuff like that. But Nobody sees I've been training since fourth grade every day the whole week with my head coach. Uh, he's the one who made me go to this high school so I could play for him. But, I mean, I trained every single day. And it was like kind of – I was just kind of stuck behind the main guy because he'd also been training with my coach for as long as I can remember. So it was kind of a bad situation but a good situation at the same time because it kept me humble and kept me working as the backup. But – um, those three games, I made all the throws that I needed to make to show that I could play at the next level. And then I just had to prove it that I could do it in person when uh, I threw for Coach Budmeyer. So was was the tape that he was going off of with you just off of those three games you played? Or was he looking more of what you did in camp or different like film sessions from prior with your uh, high school coach? Like what was it that he was really – looking at that made him feel so confident in offering you with so little varsity experience? As far as I know, he just had my game film. And I mean, during like the blowout games, I'd come in and like the games we were losing by a lot, I would come in and play the last quarter and quarter and a half. But, uh, and then I think him seeing me in person throw 
was also a big thing for me that he got to see, you know, what I could do with my arm and where I could place the ball. Did you watch, because obviously Coach Bud uh, was a Wisconsin um, quarterback himself. Did that, like, did you do any research on him uh, once you started recruiting you or got in contact with you? Did you, did you look up any of his stuff? Obviously he played, a, you know, his highlights aren't as readily available as, as Huddle might be in that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Did, did you? any of his stuff or did you did you just kind of put your put your nose down and, and do the Wisconsin grindstone thing I looked him up I mean I looked up his YouTube Google I, I kind of just tried to find everything that I could find on him and how he like how he, he used to play and what his style was but um yeah that was basically I just tried to find as much as I could on him I like that so so I'm oh go ahead Going, so Come you're on. going you're going into uh you're going to be a senior this year so you're going to be going into a Wisconsin a situation in Wisconsin somewhat similar to what uh you were in the start of high school having uh that guy ahead of you that you have to kind of beat out with that going to more than likely being Graham Mertz like did you think your high your like high school time uh waiting behind someone else is kind of prepping you for college and potentially having to to wait behind Mertz for a year or do you think that it's helped you to get to a point where you can go in there and just overthrow what's already established day one? I think it's a little bit of both you know sitting behind him waiting you know it teaches you how to keep your mind on the goal and keep working out and keep just keep grinding and, but also being able to support your team and support the quarterback that's playing and help him out whenever he needs that. Um, but on the other hand, I do think it has prepared me to, you know, it sucked like sitting out the whole season watching the team play and you're not able to help. So I think that also gives you the, the drive that, you know, I want to be the starter, you know, my freshman year. Um, but it's, it's going to take a lot of work. You know, he's got, he'll have that two year head start on me. But if I, I just got to put in all the work to see if I could do it. But definitely it helps both sides of uh, my high school experience. Have you reached Have out you to him that? at all? What was that? Have you reached out to Graham Mertz at all, or have you had any kind of contact with him to this point? Yeah, uh, when I went out for the game, I got to talk to him after for a while. And then we've, we've Snapchatted back and forth a couple of times. I asked him questions about Wisconsin and, like, choices he's made about, uh, like, leaving early stuff like that and he's been able to help me out with that but uh that's mainly been it um so do you have you had any discussions with the coaches about what their plans are because pretty much it was almost like going back if you look at Merck's twitter he also shut his down his recruitment down pretty much early like he was like wisconsin is my place you um you know, you've already almost been, I believe it's almost a year since you've committed, almost a day, at least put it out on your Twitter. Like, Yeah, it's been a, it's coming up on a year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it was the 25th. I'm not not trying to say I've stalked your, stalked your Twitter, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was. Yeah. You, you know, you got to do your research. But, so, like, did that did that play into making your decision already? Because, I mean, you had you had, what, two other offers, right? Yeah, Kansas State, Nevada. Definitely, Coach Budmeyer told me that they weren't taking a 2020, but they ended up taking the Daniel Wright, uh, the 2020 walk-on kid. Uh, yep. I mean, didn't really, I didn't really have a problem with someone coming into the class ahead of me. 
that didn't really bug me. But he also told me I was going to be the only kid in my class who was coming in. They're only dating one guy. Um, so obviously that as a recruit will attract you if, you know, you're more likely to play since not as many people are going in with you. But uh, otherwise plans for me now when I've talked to them, you know, they're going to – what I've, from what I've uh, heard from them is, you know, if I'm ready to play, I'll play. If I come in and just, you know, and feel right, feel comfortable in the system and all that stuff. And then if I'm not, you know, I, I'll take a red shirt and then I get one more year of development to where I can play five years instead of just four. That's awesome. Yeah, because, I mean, I think that's, I, like, I'm sure as you saw, like, Burns has a lot of hype around him. And especially around here, like, one thing, like, putting the eyes, uh, putting your eyes into, like, Wisconsin. I think as a fan, especially a younger fan who's really in tune with the team, um, like, we see these guys, like, what what about the, like, because <laughs> we, like, we like culture here in Wisconsin. We like, mm-hmm. hey, our boys do it right, like, that kind of thing, like, and you saw, like, Mertz, he was, like, you know, recruiting on Twitter. And, like, I even saw you today with Ricardo Hallman, mm-hmm. um, the three-star athlete. Looks, looks like he's going to be a cornerback part of your 2021 class. Like, is that something that you were attracted to? Or is that something that's kind of like, oh, it's the social media side. Like, obviously, I want to surround myself with good teammates. Or is that just, like, who you are and, like, and part of the, the you know, culture that you want to be a part of? The culture part was the biggest thing for me. You know, I didn't care how far I had to go as long as the culture was, like, where I wanted to be. The guys that I wanted were around me, you know. And with this whole social media and recruiting thing, helping get other guys, that was – I mean, that was a big thing for me too because I want the best guys to come in with me in my class so we could, you know, bunch together and join together so we could go win that national championship when we get there. Is that shit I like, dude? Oh man, oh you are one of my favorite. How do you say your middle name? What? Uh, or Paya? You can say Paya. Paya is the easiest way to say it. It's my dad's name. But how do you actually say it? Because I'm one of these guys. Like I refuse to be like take the cop out version. It's uh Paya. Paya. Yeah, Paya. Let's go, baby. I'm gonna be the hugest. I would be the biggest guy, dude. I was going to have your middle name on a t-shirt and refuse to call you by any other name. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's going to be my boy. Like, he's got to be now. Um, so, I, or do you feel I, any – gosh, dang it, Hoppe, why do we keep doing this? Do you feel any, <laughs> uh, any like, like slighted in any way by, like, not being recruited by, the like, the home state schools? I mean, California is – are you is known for kind of having blue blood programs like Stanford's and the USC's do you feel slighted but in any way of not being or having the schools like like UCLA like where your sisters went or the USC's or the Stanford's like recruit you at all or offer you at all oh yeah you definitely you know growing up a Cali kid you want to stay in Cali like you want to play at those top schools especially the I mean, USC, UCLA, Stanford, Cal, all those four schools, I mean, they have good football there too. So the dream is that you get to go there. And, you know, I grew, up, I grew up with, like, UCLA in my life. Like, I didn't have a choice. It was just there because of my sisters. And, you know, that was one of my schools that I had my eye on. And then Wisconsin, Wisconsin came out of nowhere and took my visit. And I just felt everything felt 
like this is the place I needed to be. So there's also that there's like that feeling where it's like you know you want that revenge against them, but we'll see if I ever get the chance to play them. Hopefully, I'll play somebody in the Rose Bowl. But yeah, you know. I was about to say is is a Wisconsin USC or UCLA Rose Bowl like a dream scenario for you? Oh yeah, for sure. That's a dream. Dream. Repeat at ninety nine, baby. Year I was born. Actually, I think that's ninety eight. Feels like ninety eight. <laughs> Are you a barstool guy? Uh kind of. I, I follow it. I follow it. I, it. It gives me some good laughs sometimes. So yeah, I follow it. Have you been following right. this Coach Doug saga with Big Cat? I've been confused on that. I don't really know what's going on. I don't know what's really going on either. All right. So all right. So he started at Toledo with Max, and now there's a guy who apparently like looks like Doug's. And then, like, he makes these videos. He was, like, at – he's, like, been doing stuff. So, was, he was in Toledo, and then I think he went to USC. And then it was Texas Tech. And then I think it was Tennessee for the last two years, won the Natty, is now back at Toledo. But – There it's, were it's like, rumors swirling that uh, he was going to take his fictional coach to Wisconsin. And I would have loved to have seen how Wisconsin embraced that. The first it time I probably, saw it is when Graham tweeted about it. Trying to that recruit was the first him time to Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. It's Crazy how when there's no sports on TV, everyone's watching a, what is it, like a seven-year-old video game on Twitch. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> are you a big, uh, are you big, you know, you got Xbox or PlayStation? Xbox. My guy. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, right, we, uh. Point Me and my boys, call. that's how we've been staying connected in this quarantine. So, What's the go-to? You trying to zone up? I actually don't like Warzone. I can't stand it. My what? Guy. My guy! <laughs> Warzone just what doesn't make me... Like, I play normal COD. Like, Search is my thing. Like, Search is my go-to. I play Search and Destroy. Okay, I can respect that. That's Because that's we all... We have like six, I have like six homies that are just our tight group, so we six man every night. So, are you sick? Are you sick at COD? I have my days, and I don't have my days. I have a tryhard friend who's nasty at COD and just carries us. But I'm like one of the kids who will pull his own weight, middle top leaderboard every time. But I respect that. Are you a Madden guy at all? Yeah. Yeah, I like Madden. I just haven't. I'm waiting for Madden 21 to come out, saving up the money for that. But yeah, we've currently got a... Jonathan Taylor on the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I actually my best one of my good friends is a, a Colts fan, so he's like, now I get to use your running back. I'm like, yeah, I might have to start using the Colts too. Honestly, you could probably replace Jonathan Taylor with your size <laughs> if you don't yeah, find success at quarterback right, right away. They could easily move you to running back or receiver. Maybe like a goal line running back. I don't got that speed. Like, <laughs> hey, goal line I running back. That's where you get all the touchdowns. Yeah, true. So I've seen this guy get out of the pocket. He's got he's got some wheels. Don't let him. Yeah. So you said you've been to uh, Madison once for a game. Is that your only visit to Madison? Uh, the game you went to? No, I took a unofficial before I committed in. Baby. Beginning of summer, my beginning of summer going to sophomore to junior year. 
right. that was I almost committed on the visit but um, <laughs> my dad always told me don't commit on a visit because you know if it's the wrong school they're always going to make you like you know feel right and everything about that so I had another visit right after at Kansas State and so we took that visit and then I mean I could tell the difference like I could tell the difference between what I was feeling and so when I got home uh, I kind of like was thought to myself, took like two weeks to really think about it. And then I kind of knew. What was your, what's your initial reaction to the town of Madison? Oh, it's dope. <laughs> Straight up. Let's go, it's, baby. Like when I was flying in my, on the first visit, you know, was, I wasn't in over Madison yet because the airport's kind of on the outside. So I was kind of yeah, like, oh, it's kind of like a boring area like I didn't see I just saw farmlands and stuff or whatever but and then you get into the city and it's just like wow it's beautiful so did you go down to the lake at all hit the union uh coach Budmeyer took us to the terrace so we got to go there Fuck yeah so <laughs> yeah that was nice it probably reminds you a little bit of Cali because you're kind of looking over the beach on the lake you know it's not like probably was a lot colder but <laughs> The water definitely reminds me of home a little, so I'm glad I'll have that. But I got to go wakeboarding. That's what I want to do. Heck yeah! Have you gone? Like okay, so like, is do, do you go like tubing in Cali? Have you ever been tubing? I haven't. I is it like a thing? Uh, yeah, there's like a couple of lakes around us too, so a lot of people go to the lakes and we'll go tubing, and then but. In Santa Barbara, you could rent like jet skis and stuff and go out on the ocean. So, see, I feel like people are classier in California and they go jet skiing while us redneck Midwesterners are out getting bodied by tubes on lakes. It's a difference. In I've always wanted to go tubing. It looks sick. I might go this summer, so we'll see. Oh yeah, that's that's a that's a good idea. Uh, I don't know. Do you have any more questions for him? I'm kind of running out of gas here, man. I'm just like, <laughs> I just like need him on campus. I need to know he's working. What? So I've got two more things. One serious, one stupid. So uh, going going to the Big Ten, do you have one school that you're looking forward to playing in their stadium the most? Obviously, you're excited to get in Camp Randall. Uh, but is there somewhere that you're excited to go to, somewhere you're excited to play? Ohio State and Penn State. Oh, yeah. That had to have been the go-to answer. Why Penn State? I don't get it. Why the do people out? say they want to go to the Valley? Penn State, I mean, it holds a lot of people, so they'll get sad when we beat them. Hey, <laughs> so, I mean, let's go. What a sound that that's going to make. Ohio State doesn't like us, so, I mean, that'll be fun. As a Purdue season ticket holder, I will be in attendance when you come to Ross Aid for the first time. The place is probably going to be three quarters empty because that's how it usually goes. You're going to feel like you're playing in a high school stadium. But uh, Ross Aid. One, one of my friends is actually one of the Purdue quarterbacks. Oh, uh, which one? Paul Pufferi. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's my guy. I played on the seven on the seven team with him. One of our seven quarterbacks. <laughs> no clue what's happening with that team this fall. <laughs> if there's even a season, who knows? I think they're just going to put Rondale Moore back there and just let him run around until he finds a crease, probably. I mean, that was 
two years ago's game plan, and hey, we dusted Ohio State. So, all right. Yeah, and then we fucking took you to overtime and piss-pounded your ass. Yeah, the whole overtime and loss, and then we got wrecked last year. I was there. I also got a little wrecked, but that's what Madison does to you. Um, <laughs> yeah, baby. Hey, he's not old enough yet, so we got we to gotta be careful what we say. Probably no. get him in trouble. He's been on campus. He just has to look around and be like, oh, so this is what this school's about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good grades. You, you can allude Beautiful to campus and football. That's what we're about. All right, one more question. You're a Cali guy. You're a West Coast guy. So I imagine you're a pretty big In-N-Out guy. You're moving to the Midwest. In-N-Out doesn't exist here. Most of the people don't know what the heck In-N-Out is. We've got Culver's. It's a Wisconsin staple. Are you ready to switch allegiances here and become a Culver's guy over an In-N-Out guy? I actually don't eat In-N-Out that much. Well, you're an athlete. I of course imagine. you don't. But Yeah. 6'4", 225 definitely doesn't shove fries in his face from In-N-Out. I haven't eaten it, I don't think, in maybe eight or nine months. It's been a long time. I Damn. I just, I can't remember the last time I went. I just really never like just go because it's not by my house. There's only one in Santa Barbara, so I'm never really out there. But uh, I we'll see. Freshman I mean, fifteen are gonna be all butter burgers, baby. You're gonna hit the the first freshman <laughs> fifteen. It's gonna be butter burger after butter burger. I think I've been to Culver's once when I was in Utah. There was one up there. I forget so, that Culver's expands while in and out stays put. It's honestly a yeah. shit. So we'll see. I mean, I mean, I haven't been to Culver's in forever, so we'll see how it goes. Especially when you come home. You know what? I don't know. Well, I, I can't. It, we'll, talk, we'll talk off air because we don't want compliance getting in our way. But, you know, <laughs> talk about taking you to a burger joint or something. I'll take you to the original one, man. You know, it's not too far from this. <laughs> I promise you, this is going to be the most random interview you ever do. I Probably this, one of the this worst. This has been the most fun. It's like not as formal, so it's been the most fun. No, it's just We're, we almost rebranded our ho- whole show to be called Two Mics and a Truly, if that tells you how unformal <laughs> this show is. This is the first time We're we've basically ever recorded. wannabes. hasn't invaded the recording. Do you no, want to be my daughter? This has been hot. <laughs> What'd you say? Mom needs a break. Let me get her. This is a great way to end the show. You can you can leave, honestly. <laughs> oh shoot. There's a running joke. Every time we record one of these, his like seven month old daughter ends up on the show somehow. <laughs> Uh-huh. And like we were recording our Father's Day week episode last week, and she just happened to say "Dad" for the first time while we were recording. Oh, no. So now he like makes it a point that she has to be included in every show. <laughs> Here we you go. You weren't expecting this when you said yes to do this, were you? <laughs> Didn't really know what to expect. I never then, know it's no. in interviews either. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Us Deacon. at Lecture Hall and at Student Union Sports want to thank you for taking time out of, out of your schedule. Uh, do this mess of an interview with us. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for uh, participating and being a good sport. 
and we wish you the best of luck going into your senior year. And hopefully, I uh, I don't want to sound rude, but I hope I see you take a deal in Ross Aid in the future. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see about that. Thanks, Deacon. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Yeah, no problem, man. All right.